Welcome back to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Don't fool yourself. All you'll ever be to them is a number. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CT0831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 16, the finale titled Camino Lost. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we're all drowned inside what used to be our childhood home, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa. He's smaller than Jabba. And he's just as entertaining as Jar Jar. He's CT1231, also known as Edit. I I gotta say, I'm gonna miss hearing that, you know, once a week. uh, Right? uh, As we we wrap this up. But hopefully it'll make a return for season two. Oh, oh. (laughs) we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Dropping in from the sky way up... Hi, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT-1006, but you can call him Joints. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's going to be really weird uh, not hearing that intro after four months of it, basically. It feels like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to get Nate to record it, and then every time I walk into a room, just play. (laughs) It'll be the the ringtone or text tone you guys did. And rounding out our small battalion, yet again, we are so glad to have a true friend and very much a war hero joining us. Her name, if you don't know it already, is CTO118, but you can call her Brushstroke. Well, hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Megan, wrong welcome show, back. wrong show. Uh, wrong show. I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll do a watch club for that show as well when that comes out. Uh, how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you made it through the uh, the finale. I was worried that you were going to, because I saw your post on Instagram, oh, like, I, I don't know if I'm ready, ready for this. <laughs> you, were not, you were not ready. Awesome. Well, uh, friends, we all finally made it. 16 episodes. We're here at the end of season one. Um, I'm stoked to go over this finale with you and really just kind of also hammer home our thoughts on the season overall and just kind of really dig into it. Uh, But before we all get rescued by AZ, let's get your high-level thoughts on the finale itself. Brushstroke, let's start with you. I will say there was a lot of tension, a lot of suspense in this episode. And dare I agree with you, this is feeling like a kid's show. Oh, no! I'm not happy that I think that way, but (laughs) after talking about last week, what we were hoping to see in this finale, it just didn't, in my opinion, didn't deliver the way that I wanted it to. I know. You have to almost wonder if that's our own fault, but... I know! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I I agree with you from a standpoint of it it definitely felt more uh, conventional uh, than we expected. Edit, what did you think? Oh, Meg, Meg said it best. It, it really did remind us that it was a kid's show in the end. Um, I, I do agree too, Nate, that like maybe we, we did set 
expectations pretty high for us, hoping that this this show would have a bold take. And like we said, last week's episode definitely did a good job at setting it up. I don't think this episode did a really good job with completing that through and through. There was some good stuff that came out of this, but I don't know. Just again, like Meg said, it, it was a bit of a reminder that they won't necessarily push the boundaries too, too much uh, because mm. they are still recognized as a kid's show. Right. Mm. Joints. Oh, well, again, last week I was saying I was not really looking forward to how they had set up our expectations so high, especially once we talked it through. And it, it I going into the uh, remembering that and going into this episode, I kind of brought my expectations back down. So I was happy with the way they they did some of it and finished out some of the storylines. And but to me, it felt like again a lot of a setup for the next season. Like now we're no where they're all going to be at the beginning of next season. And that was like, I feel like that was the only point of this episode was to set up the beginning of next season, which is a, a bit sure. of a letdown. Sure, because for a finale, that's kind of like, that's the bar for entry, right? Like, yeah. Set up yeah. the next and season. But that's all they did. They didn't try right. to like, go wow us in any way with that. It was just, yeah. we, have to, we have this goal, and then that's all they met, basically. I think it's fair to ask and, and to expect higher stakes, um, especially after the last three episodes that we got. I, I do think that we need to start setting our expectations more for these finales that <laughs> it, someone might not die. <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Like I every not. every sure. single time we watch a finale, like, oh, so-and-so's going to die. Oh, uh, Mando's going to die. Like someone's <laughs> going to die um, every single time. And so I, I think we need to kind of really, um, you know, watch that going forward. But I think, you know, I, I guess, Justin, like you said, like the penultimate really did deserve that five. And it really did a good job setting up this. But yeah, they, they didn't progress the plot as much as I think we, we wanted to with it. Um, I think there were some, some overall some really interesting decisions made with some of the characters, especially in certain scenes, which I will definitely get into a little bit later. But I will say one of the more visually stunning episodes. Mm-hmm. I think the animators yes. here pulled no punches with the lightings and the effect. Oh, they're like, they're absolutely. like, this is the last, you know, go at this, uh, you know, at least until next year. So they really, really, uh, you know, work those, those visuals. But yeah, the, some of the character decisions and, and sort of um, how they wrap things up. Uh, we'll get to it. I, I am happy with uh, Darcy, to your point, how it tied up, but, um, but I don't let, let's get Did it. Listen, let's get into the plot. Well, let's, <laughs> let, we'll get to it. Let's get into the plot. For the final time this season. So the episode begins where the penultimate episode left off, with Admiral Rampart raining down fire on Kamino from the safety of his Star Destroyer. Clone Force 99 and Omega are trapped inside the the collapsing structure uh, as the domed cities collapse into the ocean. Uh, Omega is the first to wake, separated from the rest of the squad, stuck with the Kaminoan medical droid AZ and a trapped crosshair. Uh, they're all they're wedged underneath some debris as the water level rises. Hunter, Wrecker, and uh, Tech and Echo are trapped uh, just beyond the door uh, near them, trying to force their way inside. But it's Omega's quick thinking and heroic actions that save herself, AZ, and Crosshair. Uh, so we kind of called it last week when we mentioned how Omega was going to take a little bit more charge here. She was going to definitely be yeah. more heroic, more, oh, yeah. you know. Um, so what did you th- what did you think of this sort of moment of heroism from our, our little Omega, Brushstroke? Oh, you know me and, and Omega here. She's my girl. <laughs> I love that she took charge. She had this moment of seeing Crosshair, who isn't really her enemy just yet, but she sees him. She immediately has to uh, help him and make sure that he's okay, and she'll do anything to save whoever, um, which was really amazing. Uh, This episode also started off with 
a really intense feeling with that alarm sound in the Star Destroyer and the picture behind Rampart. I was like, oh, we're getting into it, which is also probably another reason why I was so disappointed by the end of it. Mm. Um, but that was incredible. The the just dumpster fire that is Camino on sure, the water yeah. <laughs> was an incredible visual, though. Yeah. As, yeah. as much as it was just being blown up, it was beautiful to watch. So, And I think yeah. there's um, I'm pretty sure this is the scene where you know, one of the troopers comes uh, onto the ship and tells Rampart, like, everything, all the Camino and bases have been um, destroyed or whatever. And you can sense that sort of hesitation in his voice. voice And it's like, like, wow. He he can't believe what he just did or helped do, basically, for sure. Or what's happening, right? Like, he's, like, comprehending it as he's saying it, right? Yeah, you've destroyed his home. Yeah, yeah. I also want to shout out AZ for being so honest and endearing in this moment like just being like like if, if omega doesn't get out of there he'll be left on his own he'll perish and i yeah. will be alone and alone <laughs> yes like, yeah, and i will be you alone. know what i mean <laughs> that was like, what if, that doesn't show, if that doesn't show how much droids need to be treated better in this like galaxy i don't know what does <laughs> and i'm so glad that omega feels the same way her relationship with droids throughout the season has been such a positive one so i really love that he was my highlight from this this oh. entire episode mm-hmm. he was fantastic and yeah you know seeing Omega really come to full fruition with her being a hero and really taking charge and, you know, evaluating the situation uh, and what needs to be done. Like it it just for her in this moment wraps her character. And we now get to see the next stage of her going into season two, but it really shows that she is in control. And I think the guys are going to start, you know, the batch are going to start treating her like one of them. And I hope she gets a new haircut next season. Like I hope, you know, the, like the wet hair is pretty cool, but maybe she does like an updo or something. I don't know. Maybe she shaves half of it. Oh, shaves half of it. And it was just like, you know, dope. Every dope. Super dope. Yeah, no, uh, so about the whole Omega thing, I thought it was kind of to be expected. I mean, we see her looking yes. up to Hunter the entire time, and Hunter yeah. in the last episode was the one to make the call, grab Crosshair, we're getting out of here. So I feel like, if anything, she was more just following through with his orders. Mm. Well, of course, sure. she made the decision in the end, but it was, she realized that the, the the brothers would miss Crosshair. Like, they, they just tried saving him before, so why would they leave him now type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I also think, though, that you, you, we, are, we are looking at Crosshair as the villain in this moment, mm-hmm. and he is their villain. And to see her, uh, you know, really go out of her way to save it, I think that's, that is that moment to really make her shine to see that she's using her empathy to then, you know, fuel her, her ability to actually help. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of what this whole season's been showing is that she is very empathetic. And it has gotten her into trouble, as we saw it from, you know, episode 14 into 15. But, you know, here she's she's really in control. So I think that, yeah, it, it does show that this episode was very much about a hero sort of coming out of her. And I think back to like one of the the first moments with Omega, like honestly, and and I wish I could say this about all the characters in the show, Omega has really grown. You look back at that episode where she's literally scared in, in, like she's paralyzed with fear to, to go near that creature that uh, in, in one of in one of the first episodes yeah. and then she ends up just like facing her fears in that moment in this moment she doesn't think for even a half second she just mm. does and I think yeah. that was super cool just to see that growth from her in the and, and see that come full circle mm-hmm. again I, I don't feel like it was an empathic thing again she's always seen crosshair as part of the team and like the fact sure. that she didn't be like why don't we use his bunk when they were looking for a room for her like all these things like they're okay with like she knows that Crosshair is still a member of the Bad Batch in everybody's and mind. And it's her brother. Right now. Yeah, it's her brother. So I feel like that yeah. was more just, 
she didn't have no hesit have any hesitation because she was already going to do that. She was already going to give her life to save Crosshair if that's what it came to. So regardless of the situation, I feel like she was just insert Echo or you know anyone else into his position. She'd be reacting the same way. I, I mm. think it's just really cool, like you said, how she just her fears were gone, like non-existent. She's like, I'm doing this or else, basically. So I thought that was really cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And she's like way more resourceful now too, rather mm-hmm. than just oh, being yeah. scared or letting her fear yes. take over. She's like, no, this is what we're going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. AZ, you do that and I'm doing this. It's yeah. awesome. Oh, I, I, you got to feel that uh, Crosser's probably pretty impressed with her, you know, like close close up marksmanship almost, managing right. to blast the debris right beside him through the water. Like that's got to impress him a bit. I, I hope at least. Oh, <laughs> he just certainly doesn't show it if it does. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's keep moving on here. With everyone united, the team continues their escape as the rest of Camino collapses. Ironically, the most secure place for them is back in their old barracks, uh, where, much to Crosshair's disapproval, Omega once again comes to the rescue with a risky plan uh, to escape and lead the group through a long underwater tunnel, uh, which is buckling under the pressure of the ocean right below them. While traversing the tunnel, Crosshair urges them to go back. Wrecker responds in frustration, saying, All that time, you didn't even try to come back. Followed by saying, We still would have taken you. Tech tells Wrecker to let it go and that Crosshair can't be changed, letting him know that even though he understands him, he does not agree with them. Omega asks AZ if the tunnels are protected, to which he lets her know that without power, they are not. Uh, Then all of a sudden, they're attacked by a massive fish chomping down on them, causing the entire tunnel to start flooding. After AZ manages to get the power on, the creature is deterred and the group manages to survive. So... Uh, what did you think of that massive fish turtle thing, uh, as well as Wrecker and Tech's moment with Crosshair? I honestly was just waiting for a bigger fish because <laughs> right? that's the right. the lighting and everything in that one underseen shot, underwater shot is like I, it's Phantom Menace. We're, we're, 100%. We are yes. going on the way. To, we are on the way to Naboo right now, and there's going to be a bigger fish. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I just thought the whole sequence, though, was really cool. I feel like this one more so than, you know, her saving uh, Crosshair was her really stepping up to the leadership plate and, like, not being afraid to suggest something where I feel like earlier in the series she would have held back until, like, really pushed to make that idea come forth. Whereas this one, she was just like, yeah, that's that's probably our only way out. Let's try it type thing. No hesitation there. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I also I also want to shout out, yeah, definitely Phantom Menace vibes. Uh, the lighting in this moment with the flashlight like barely illuminating the creature's face, like this mm-hmm. was such a standout. And I've I've went back and like rewatched this moment a few times, and I'm just like at points in time, and I think Darcy, you've mentioned this in previous episodes, mm-hmm. it doesn't even feel like like we're watching an animated Star. Like mm-hmm. it just looks like Star Wars. It was so yeah. cool. I think these last few episodes, you know. 14, 15, 16, you know, we were talking about the aesthetic of it and how it seems to be sort of, you know, upscaled and and using the term cinematic, which sometimes tends to get overused, but it, it it is a way to kind of understand the sort of level of what they're trying to do with it. It does feel far more elevated than the other some other episodes of the series and and rightfully so because of what they're you know kind of showcasing and dealing with right um but yeah that that big 
turtle fish thing was was cool it was it was quite interesting um i i was expecting a bigger fish as well like it's so funny that darcy thought thought that too (laughs) yeah i mean it's again the first thing you think of when you see a a giant fish in star wars is there's a bigger fish oh yeah Yeah, we we all know that that's you know star wars 101 basically no what i thought was really cool about you know talking about the the lighting and cinematicness the score they have in these episodes too like they're matching these incredible like visuals with the same like symphonic levels of like attention basically like it's like they're really you can really feel like this is something they want to stand out and just music scene visual everything really goes together to drive that home i thought that's again stand out in this episode was the score for me oh i absolutely agree with you darcy Mm -hmm. i one of the big things i wrote down in like capital letters was this incredible score it set the mood and the tone of Every single scene mm-hmm. was amazing. 100%. And I also wanted to just that record and, and tech moment. I think it was nice seeing a little bit more uh, in terms of their response to Crosshair. I think, you know, seeing Wrecker see a softer side again, which we kind of got. We've gotten a little bit throughout the series, but even more so like with tech um, kind of digging a little bit deeper from him than usual. Like he's so mm-hmm. clinical. And even in his response, he's very clinical with how he responds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have loved to see a little bit more of that sort of break from tech throughout the series. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was, you know, albeit it was a little brief. It was nice to see uh, in this moment for sure. Yes. Yeah, so you almost have to wonder if he, he's learning some empathy from being around Omega. Cause like, right. I feel like yes. the tech from the beginning of the series wouldn't have said that at all. He would just, mm. they're all, you know, yes. keep it to himself. They, they've all grown a lot just through exposure to, to Omega, I feel. Like, again, we're not exactly. seeing it, but it's definitely intended to be there, for sure. Like, th- these little moments well, are are nodding at that growth. For sure. I, I think it is that mentality, though, too. It's like, these are four grown men and one child, and they, you know, they feel like they are her protector. They are, you know, looking out for her on all levels, being brothers, you know, father figures, whatever, to her as in her development. And as much as you know, they have an impact on her. She's having an impact on them as well. So I think Mm -hmm. it was very interesting to see Tech kind of speak up because he's he's kind of the character that doesn't really seem to speak up only in a sarcastic manner. And he was pretty sarcastic (laughs) in the scene, right? Like he was pretty sarcastic, but he was straight to the point, right? Like he was very honest Mm -hmm. with Crosshair. Yeah, and I I mean, again, like I've got some nitpicks about in terms of the season overall, in terms of how, how... you, you, Jesse, you said a, we see a little bit of their character growth throughout the series, uh, throughout the season. Uh, thankfully, not the series. Uh, we, we are getting <laughs> season two, um, but yes, no. I, I I'll get into that a little bit later. I think when we when we talk about our overall feelings, uh, are we good to keep moving through the tunnel? Oh, I yes. just have one more thing. Um, Please, I really want to point out the moment where they are running through the tunnels to get to the barracks, and Omega looks out at all the pods. Oh yeah, and she has Jeez. that moment alone just sort of looking at them and watching them get destroyed. It's another punch to the gut of her seeing also her home that she's lived at longer than Mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. See it all go down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think think it's, you know, to all the... The people that grew up with the prequel trilogy and, mm-hmm. of course, Clone Wars. Um, that's, again, another moment where it hits us in the feels, much like that last episode with uh, all the quiet, empty rooms. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, let's keep going through this tunnel here. Let's do it. Once safe, the group climb the maintenance shaft back into Nalise's private lab, where Echo catches Hunter and Crosshair up on what we learned last week, confirming that Omega is technically older than them. Uh, after they tr- after that, they travel a little further to realize that the tunnel leading back to the Marauder has collapsed. So Clone Force 99 is left to argue
you among the wreckage as their oxygen supply slowly depletes along with AZ's battery cells. Crosshair remains adamant about joining the Empire, claiming they did what needs to be done in regards to destroying Kamino. He tells Hunter that he made the wrong choice, and in response, Hunter tells him that, that to the Empire, all he'll ever be is a number. While finding some time away from the, from the others, Crosshair and Omega find a moment to connect. Omega tells him she wanted to believe it was the inhibitor chip that made him the way he is, but she realizes she was wrong. So we got the confirmation that Omega is indeed older than them, but what I really want to kind of focus in on and what I want to talk to all of you about is that moment shared between Crosshair and Omega. Um, Brushstroke, let's start with your thoughts on that. There are so many moments in this episode specifically where Crosshair is so stubborn and I want to slap <laughs> yeah. him across the face because he doesn't seem to hear anybody saying all right. of these things. Like when um, he says the Empire will control the entire galaxy and I'm going to be part of it. Dude, they literally just shot up the place that you're in and they don't <laughs> care about you. Right. I don't like that's just like uh, Tech said it's in his nature. He will always be unyielding. He he is very, um, I guess, straight to the point and zero feeling, zero empathy, nothing at all. So it just it doesn't make sense to me that he doesn't have any part of his brain except for the moments where he holds his head the same way that Record did. Right. But there is no inhibitor chip. So what is that? Well, is I it- mean, I think he's just dealing with sort of the stress of the situation maybe but like to your to your point earlier about like how he he is um you know that that it doesn't make sense that he would uh that he would act that way in terms of like his response to them blowing up Camino with him in it yeah I do think that realistically he's no he's no he belongs to nobody you know yeah. what I mean he doesn't he thinks that listen the empire have already won so I need my family my brothers to be with me on this and I'm going to just be a complete jerk about it. Sure. (laughs) But at the same time, I think he, he doesn't think of the empire as a solution. He thinks of him and his bad batch as a solution to a problem that the empire will have. And that he's, you know, he has that higher calling for them. Um, Not so much that they, that he needs them, but they need him. And I think that's kind of where he's sort of coming from in that, in that response of, just blatantly disregarding the fact that they were about to kill him. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. And he also switched up the line a little bit this time. He just said soldiers follow orders. He did not right. he did not say good soldiers this time. Ooh, so that was interesting. Hmm. And I also, also f- like, can hmm. we expand on the fact that Omega is older than them? They just keep sort of saying it and then yes, move sure. on to the next topic. Okay. Yeah. Well I, I, I think it's interesting though, because how new are they? You know what I mean? Like, did we, when we were introduced to them in the final season of Clone Wars, is that a fairly new period for them in terms of where we find them at the beginning of Bad Batch? So, like, are they, are they, like, you know, fairly recently activated? Do you know what I mean? In the barracks, there were so many of those scratches, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of, you know, so many missions. So, like, they had to have been active for quite a while. Yeah. And again, I did some math because I was wondering about, oh, you know, perfect. the age of Omega uh, yeah. roughly. And if she, if we're assuming that she was made at the same time as Boba, which is kind of implied, like there are two of the pure genetic stock, no alteration clones, uh, she'd be about, you know, 13, maybe 14 years old because 19 or 32 BBY is the birth of Boba Fett. So again, if we assume that as Omega's as well, up until 19, I believe, is when 19 BBY is the Siege of Mandalore. So you have 13 years of them growing. So 
she could be four years old remembering them being alone and then having them around. So they could be easily you know, sure. nine, ten years old and still be younger than her, quote unquote. So okay. wow. again, okay, they also okay. are they they have doubled aging. So if we yeah. assume that they are, you know, ten years older than or ten years old, they'd be about twenty, which is again a bit young for their bodies, but would be more believable, I guess, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Interesting. Now, yeah. now I do want to call out a criticism of this scene, and I think there's a reason why we're focusing collectively as a group on her age and not what happened in that scene, and it's because yeah. unfortunately I don't think much happened. Um, you know, I think I think there could have been so much more to this moment, and I think you know we see her sit down with him, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like that was my here we go moment. I was like, it's gonna get deep, uh, and she just kind of admits to him about how she was wrong, and then just stands up and walks, walks away. away. And it felt it felt really oddly paced, and it didn't feel like Omega it felt like Omega would want to talk even more and that Crosshair would have been the one to kind of abandon that situation so I don't know I think we could have benefited from like kind of again and I know I set myself up for this failure but I think we could have benefited from seeing her stay with Crosshair throughout the entirety of the the episode I thought it would have been really cool if they couldn't have gotten that door open and they had to find their own separate way around back to the Bad Batch would have been so much better to help really dig into Crosshair's character and, and his relationship now with Omega. My one takeaway from that, like the conversation between the two of them, it, it seems like Omega wasn't like ready to like believe that that was the case. Like she still thought like they're going to get him, they're going to get the chip out and everything's going to be back to normal. And to find out that that's not the case, I think really shook her to her core. Like she, yeah. she thought she understood where he was coming from and it turns out she didn't. And I feel like that is a really big blow to her, you know, self-conscious because she's always been very good at picking up on these things. And to... To, you know, com- miss completely miss the mark like she did if like with this. I feel like that would really shake you know a girl. She is a young girl still, so that would probably she's still probably trying to deal with that and mm-hmm. again not know how to talk to the guy anymore. So I I, I thought of this as the bookend to the first episode <laughs> where she has the conversation sure. with him, right? Yeah. And it it literally there she is saying it's not because of you. It's, you know, it's it's because of the inhibitor chip. This is the other, you know, the other end of that conversation. Basically, her saying, I'm giving up on you because you are the way you are. It is not the inhibitor chip. Right. It is. And it it, that is surprising to me. Right. Like, so I I feel like like that's in her character, Justin. Like, I don't know. I just again, we just talked about how, you know, from a physical life saving standpoint, she just makes that decision. She never gives up. She doesn't Mm want to leave anyone behind. And and then so for her to just sort of be like. I was wrong about you and then walk away. But maybe like, that, just but maybe that whole right. that whole conversation, like you'd have to, you know, think that she's aware of seeing these interactions between Crosshair and the other members. And she's seeing yeah, she was. that yeah. they've given up. They've given yeah. up on him. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, Nate, I think that at, at the end of it, it, you could easily say that she's it's it's her sign of saying, I'm just you are the way you are. I'm I'm not going to mm-hmm. fight for you anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to save you anymore, right? Like I, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that. So I feel like I feel mm-hmm. like that's that's kind of what she's saying in that moment, especially mirroring if anything, into the if conversation. Anything she's, right. Yeah. If anything, she's more mature in that moment, mm-hmm. I guess. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. And if you mm-hmm. think about the fact that she literally just saved his life and he still doesn't care, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And also the fact that, like as you said, Nate, like her empathy 
It's yeah. not in her character. Well, maybe that's the point of why we're seeing this is because it's not in right. her character and she is giving up rather than just saying, you know what? I'm not going to give up on you, Crosshair. You're going to be one of us again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure, sure like Megan she... could say it a lot better. but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think there could have been um, maybe just even just a little bit more from from that moment. But. Uh, let's let's keep on keeping on here. Uh, after some debate, the team realize they're about to, uh, or sorry, they're able to flood the lab and then float to the surface in the tubes, uh, similar to the ones they were likely created in. Guided by AZ, they almost make it to the surface, except for Omega, who gets dragged down by some debris. AZ, using his last amounts of battery, sacrifices himself, uh, and in that moment, uh, sorry, sacrifices himself in that moment to get Omega to safety. Omega, though, isn't having that at all, and she goes after the droid, almost killing herself in the process. Just as Hunter is about to dive down to go after her, it's actually Crosshair, of all people, who fires a winch line from his rifle that is able to drag Omega and AZ to safety. Once safely back at the landing pad, uh, the Bad Batch stare out as they see that all of Kamino is gone. Their home and their birthplace is gone. As they turn to leave Wrecker, uh, sorry, as they turn to leave, Wrecker asks Crosshair if he's going to join them. Crosshair responds by telling them that this changes nothing. And as Hunter offers him his last chance, he tells him that just because they want different things doesn't mean they have to be enemies. Omega walks towards the Marauder with one last look back at Crosshair, and she says, You're still their brother, Crosshair. You're my brother, too. And with that, the Bad Batch fly off to their next adventure. Now, there's an additional scene involving, involving a certain Camino uh, and Cameo, uh, but we'll save that for our prediction for, for what's next. Uh, for now, I want to know, what did we think of the ending? What did we think of Crosshair's decision to save Omega uh, and then not join them afterwards? Justin. Okay, this is the highlight for me. Like, like yeah. in this in this moment. First off, again, seeing Omega's empathy to say, "Screw it, I'm going after the droid," right, and swim out of her pod to go so get good. it. Awesome, awesome. Really defined her as a hero. Crosshair standing up with that sniper rifle and like setting that moment, and then winching down to grab both of them. And I was like, okay, that was sweet. Like that was yeah. an amazing, amazing scene. Like even the sh that moment, I, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, right? Like yeah. I was like shocked. <laughs> like fist, right? I was actually fist pump shocked. in the air. Like yes. let's go. It was the same feeling I got when we got to see them all work together again. Yeah. Uh, in the previous right. episode. But the fact that he saved Az and her, they couldn't yeah. let the droid die. After everything that we had seen, <laughs> after everything we saw with AZ throughout the episode, they couldn't let it let him die. And I just, I that's where it was a kid's show for me. I was like, it would have been yeah. amazing if Omega did have to say goodbye to a droid and, and had such a huge loss. And that she could carry that with her. Uh, I don't know. It just reminded me it was a kid's show right in that moment, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, everything leading up to it was so good. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, but I'm also wondering, I'm also wondering too, like, if, if, you know, if it if this is more of a moment for for Crosshair in the sense of like, yes, him saving Omega is one thing, but him also saving AZ, like he still has a heart and he knows that Omega would have been devastated with the loss of AZ. He's a he's a really quick thinker. All so right, for him sure. to take his aim and to if he aimed it right at Omega and grabbed her, that's one thing. He didn't. He purposely grabbed AZ in that moment, and I honestly think it's because he actually does care about Omega more than we, we think, and more about his brothers, obviously. 
Uh, first off, I was terrified AZ was going to die. I'm glad he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Again, he is, he's too good. To, he's too good. And he was too short for this world. He is being great. Anymore of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, also when you think about him, he's like Omega's first friend. Like she, yeah. like the last oh, thing of sure. her home is AZ. Right. So oh, you true. knew, I knew that he was going to get out of there in some way, because again, he is the last tangible piece of her home that she has left. And is her best friend. So I was very glad to see, and I was again Even on more of a the edge of my seat, <laughs> waiting to see. No, no, she just lost her home. You can't take away her like uh, dog too, basically. If you look yeah. at it, oh that dry man. We're okay with Hunter maybe dying, but not AZ. But never. Exactly. Die. That was a sacrifice I was not ready to admit and uh, to see. So I'm glad yeah. it didn't go through with that. But uh, overall, I feel like again, we just want to comment on the winch thing. If we have seen him use that winch in other series, it's to, you know, attach to the side of armored vehicles or buildings. If you shot that at a child, I'm pretty sure you do serious damage. That's so why he saved the droid. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that's why, why he saved the droid it. because it was it. magnetic and could pull the kid up. That yeah. was my yeah. thing. I think it was more he was saving Omega because he saw how much Hunter cared about her. Because Hunter was seconds away from going in there. And we know that Crosshair is afraid Very of losing true. his brothers. <gasps> So wow. if Hunter went down there, he could also get stuck and never come back. Like, I think wow. that was more what he was thinking about, not so much Omega. Mm-hmm. It was more like, I don't want to make my brother angry or lose him because he's going after this kid. Smart. Bravo, <laughs> man. My mind is blown now from that whole scene. Yeah. Was like, you know? <laughs> Made it better. I also, just from like his unyielding personality, I do think there's also a part of it that was like what he said, we'll call the, it even. Yes. Because that, so you that saved totally me, so... Yeah. That yeah. Sure. Yeah, that sure. totally played yeah. in for sure. But also is has there ever been such a sunny beautiful day on Camino? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> well, oh. I mean, I mean when we saw the the previous Camino facility, that was their old facility after they basically destroyed their planet. And mm-hmm. we know that Camino was turned into the the raging sea that it was from more of their destroying the planet. So I'm wondering if as soon as they took out all these cities, the powers like geo like the planet whatever was being with basically is now all all good i feel like that's what happened there we yeah. saw that like cool. without the caminoans the planet's actually a good place <laughs> i like that right i like that it's very it's very much like like earth like when we all uh-huh. lock ourselves inside our homes and then dolphins start swimming around italy like it's, oh my god you know we, we've seen it in real life so i, I love that as an explanation mm-hmm. well it, it um, goes to show though yeah it shows that you know Kaminoans are are you know they're basically sucking the resource of that planet right yes yep. and the lighting and everything was so good like I don't know like I was noticing on on the skin so much more in this episode the sort of painterly brush strokes oh. like it's not mm-hmm. clean it's not clean like fill like with with multiple layers of colors to kind of create shadows it's like it feels very painterly even in their eyes there's yeah. like a texture that's very brush stroke and i was like i've mm-hmm. yeah. i've never seen that in such a refined like of all of the season i don't know it just really stood out to me and especially i was like wait are they still in camino like why is it so sunny it's like yeah. the best day ever yeah. it's always it's always sunny in camino Sun- oh um, <laughs> i i was happy i was happy that uh that he didn't die um even though i think last week i kind of was like i hope he he i think he's going to die in terms of crosshair um 
But, you know, I'm happy because it, it wasn't what we expected. And ultimately, I think, Justin, to your point where AZ living was an immature sort of kid show move, I think him not going with them was a very mature take on what would happen because it that's that's who he is. And I think um, I think maybe if he'd gotten a little bit more time with Omega, like I, I kind of wanted, sure. maybe he would have gone with them and then that would have made sense for his character. But I think I think it was, you know, good on them for going this route. Uh, and when Omega says... When Omega says you're my brother too, I I did get a little emotional. I didn't cry for those who were wondering because I know everyone's wondering. Uh, but Megan, did you did you shed a tear at all in this moment? No, I was at this like yeah, very defeated sap. point by this. Oh no, no, you're yeah. definitely not because yeah. I've I've cried many a time throughout this whole show. Yeah. But I expected so much more from this episode in particular because we all gave last episode a five because yeah. it deserved it rightly so yeah. but it set up like we were really worried it was gonna set up this episode that just was like a little bit lackluster and gave us all this tension and all this suspense throughout the whole thing just to sort of end with oh everyone's kind of fine um i i don't know um so yeah i didn't really get emotional with crosshair okay yeah, yeah i i got emotional i got emotional with AZ like well, when he was same. drifting yeah. and, and I was like oh my god he's gonna die it's like Jack <laughs> it's when he started like sure. sort of kicking out his thrusters and like oh. you noticed yeah. it's, and even yeah. his, and his eyes, eyes were, were starting like to dim and I was yeah. like oh god he's 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 a, he's a goner and Omega's <laughs> gonna have to deal with that but like that I, I will genuinely say I was getting a little emotional and then when they both came out of the water I was like wow like they they had me there so you were, you were stoked about that but then right. you you ultimately realized like it's still a kid show that still well, kind of sucks yes and animation wise as well to bring it more to a mature um standpoint the way they animated omega after she couldn't breathe anymore and she sort of did that little yes. choke and then her eyes started to close yeah. i was like whoa that's yeah. dark yeah. The I know she's going to live, but that's point. so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your hair all floating up there. It looks like you can see individual strands. And it's like, when have you ever seen that? Yeah. Yeah. No. These are yeah. just the clumps. <laughs> For sure. Well, listen, let's get to our clumps uh, and talk about our overall thoughts. I don't know. I'm trying to find a transition. <laughs> that's good. Your overall, that's your overall thoughts and final score, which for this episode, we'll be rating it on a scale of one to five experimental clones. Uh, also, uh, if you could include your overall score for this season as well, uh, which we're going to rank on a scale of one to five omegas. So let's get to it. Megan, we'll start with you. Okay. As I've mentioned a bunch of times already, this episode specifically started with so much tension, so much intensity, so much suspense that it felt like it was going to go to this darker, more mature, um, experienced place. But then everyone was kind of okay. Um So it didn't end the way I thought it was going to. It also sort of ended quite abruptly for me to have all of this tension. And then it was like, oh, is that that can't be it. It can't be over. And then it was. Mm -hmm. That's that's so. (laughs) Yeah, that seems to be. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to give this episode a three point five experimental clones. Okay, I did like it, but it didn't end the way I wanted it to. And for the whole season. I really love this show. I really love um, the style of design and animation. And again, that word cinematic, it's one of the most beautiful animated shows I think I've ever seen. 
um, when it comes to the lighting. And like we were just saying, the painterly textural design of these characters in this landscape is so gorgeous in relation to like the Clone Wars series where the first few seasons I mentioned they were a little bit janky and kind of funny to watch yeah. because they're from like 2007 oh, yeah. or something right yeah. but then they're the final CG. season yeah yeah but then that final season was stunning and this just elevated from that as well and it it rose mm. the occasion so for the whole series or season not series season right <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to give it a four out of five Omegas. Omegas. Okay. Omegas. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Uh, let's go over to joints. Uh, so, yeah, this show, like I said, I I was kind of expecting it to be a bit of a letdown after the like the, the big setup that they had last episode. And again, this episode just overall felt like set up for the next season as well. So, I mean... Again, I was I liked how they did some of the crosshair moments, but again, they kind of fell short on a lot of other things. So it's kind of half and half. Did I like it? Did I not like it? I'm very torn. So for that, I'm probably going to go with the same 3.5 out of 5 experimental clones. Because again, the score was amazing. The anim- visuals were great, but the story that they managed to tell felt very rushed and again, very, like, like again, clipped off. Like you, you got to a certain point and then that's it's over. Everyone's out. They're all good. It was kind of a, a lackluster thing for sure. Uh, as for the whole series, uh, I definitely feel like it could have been shorter. I mean, I feel like we had four too many filler episodes that did nothing to move forward plot or any serve any like integral character growth. Uh, and that, you know, really brings it down for me because I felt like it really messed with the flow of the series. If you were to go back and watch it, there are those very low points where nothing's happening. And especially watching on a weekly week to week basis really killed the momentum when you're looking forward to such a grand adventure like in a star wars style that you're used to so uh, overall i'd have to give it probably a a 3.5 out of 5 omegas and a a lot of it has to do with the pacing because uh if you wanted to watch a show again i said that those lulls are really going to be momentum killers and you could easily do without it i mean 12 episodes would have had a great story but just too long in my opinion yeah yeah I, i i definitely agree with you there uh justin Yeah, as it's already been said, this episode did not live up to the penultimate episode of last week. Instead, as Megan mentioned, everyone ends up fine, still divided, and a clear setup for season two, but not much else happens. While this felt like a lackluster final episode, there were some revelations with the confirmation that Omega is, in fact, older than the Bad Batch. And some great moments with AZ, who I think stole the show from the other characters as as being the real hero uh, along with Omega. The climactic end with her swimming out to save AZ and Crosshair ultimately saving them both, while awesome and and a pure fist-pumping-in-the-air moment, like Nate said, it does indicate that the show is for kids as they couldn't make the sacrifice to further Omega's growth with the experience of a personal loss. That being said, I will give this episode a bit of a higher score for that fake out and making me a bit emotional towards the end with the loss of az so i'm giving this episode a 3.8 out of 5 experimental clones as for the season again as darcy mentioned this could have been more refined and focused Mm -hmm. with less meaningless filler episodes we we could have had a 10 episode season rather Mm -hmm. than 16 Mm -hmm. um and don't get me wrong filler is great I love filler. One of my favorite episodes is with Cad Bane and Fennec Shan. And and honestly, it, they Bad Batch weren't even involved in it. Uh, 
But there were some episodes that really just didn't do anything purposeful other than reiterating existing points that other episodes did better. Um, I did really enjoy, though, how they connected parts of this show with Clone Wars and Rebels, with characters and, and moments that we see throughout the season. And as we neared the end, while we thought the stakes were going to be raised, it really didn't turn out to be anything. Mm-hmm. And I know people will say, we set our expectations too high. And realistically, the death of Crosshair or Hunter was was never going to happen, which is true. But the desire for that is to give this show some weight and yeah. purpose yeah. beyond being just a kid's show. And take a chance and give these characters some real motives leading into season two. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm giving this series a 3.5 out of 5 Omegas. I completely hear what you're what you're saying. Um, Justin, it, fi- it took us the entire season, but you finally got both uh, of the, the rating scales correct on this episode. It's amazing. <laughs> Don't make them so f-ing hard next time. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, yes. This episode tied up some loose ends. Uh, like you're saying, though, I, I think it could have really benefited, as I said, from keeping Omega and Crosshair apart from the batch. I just didn't get enough dialogue between them in terms of, you know, like what we got from Crosshair and Hunter uh, was okay, but it was also like more of the same argument without any real new details or implications. Um, AZ definitely had some standout moments in this episode. And you can imagine, like, again, we talk about sort of the, you know, the themes of beginning and ending, like, you know, it's it's funny because he would have been somebody that would have been there at their birth, and and then he's almost there, kind of almost at their death. But he's also the one that sort of pushes them to life again, which is uh, which is really interesting. And I, I thought that was really well done. Um, I I guess we have to again stop thinking so dark with these finales because no one died and everyone was okay. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think it felt very safe both narratively and with the dialogue the visuals were some of the best in the season and that final scene like you said justin it made up for a lot of this episode uh which was a pretty conventional finale so overall as a part two um i'm gonna give this episode uh yeah 3.5 experimental clones out of five uh as for the season overall uh i think you all said it best it could have been tighter um, could have had a tighter narrative or if they still wanted to do this many episodes, give us a few more character focused episodes. We talk about, uh, how a few of the filler episodes help to flesh out these characters and they do, but in very small amounts and mostly with Omega and Hunter at the forefront. Uh, while you could argue that we did get some good development with Echo in the Clone Wars, so we didn't really need to see that much more of him in this season, getting more from Wrecker, getting more from Echo, I think they're just kind of... They really just kind of stay the same for the most part. Um, I think they could have done without some of the moments in terms of, um, you know, the ones that weren't focused on the Bad Batch. And I think if they had focused a little bit more on the Bad Batch themselves, I think the pacing would have been, we would have been okay with the with the show being a little bit longer. Um, you know, like, I think Rebels Season 1 does a really good job of establishing the same amount of characters, giving them all their moments, whereas the Bad Batch yeah. just didn't feel individual enough for me. And with a show that is really about mm. individuality, it's just ironic that we didn't get a lot more from from those side characters. Well, from the... from the No, they aren't side characters. The main characters. Um, <laughs> I think you really need to only watch half this season to get what the show offers in terms of plot uh, and to really know what... It, you know, in terms of what matters to the Bad Batch themselves as well as what affects the overall story of Star Wars. 
So I know it sounds like I'm being like really harsh here, but <laughs> I will add that the show does an excellent job of getting me to care about Omega. You know, I love how she grows throughout the season. Uh, and, you know, those episodes involving some of the additional characters like Hera and her backstory, even, you know, starting with Caleb Dune was really cool to see them tie these two series together. Um, lastly, the show has some really great themes in terms of family, brotherhood, change, free will. Uh, and the whole aspect of sort of endings so that new beginnings can can occur, um, I think are really, really well done. And the way they weave together the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy is done with such grace. Um, and th- through mo- moments like with the music and the visuals like we've been talking about. Um, and yeah, these shows, this, these, these Star Wars shows just keep getting more and more better to look at. So <laughs> I love that. With all that said, though, I am giving this season 3.5. Omegas out of five. I think it has such potential to become one of the best, if not the best Star Wars show out there, but it really needs to tighten up its direction and give Mm -hmm. all of its characters more time to shine as individuals and not just a group plus Omega. (laughs) Yeah. I think we we all collectively were hoping for something a bit more elevated, uh, much like like Clone Wars, the final season of Clone Wars was just so refined and so focused, right? You could, one could argue it took them how many seasons to get to that place? Right. Yeah. So you, you could argue that you could also argue, though, that it's the same people making it. So, you, you know, you have that as well. Um, so, you know, should they know? But I think I think a lot of this was much like Mandalorian season one. I think it was a test bed to see how mm-hmm. do fans react? What oh, yeah. can we get away with? What should we add more? How do kids how are kids taking this series? Do we need more episodes that are like, here's an adventure of just Gronky honking? Oh, like, God. you know, what do we what do we what do we want to give for a season two? And and that's kind of where I want to go to next with this podcast, because at the end of most watch clubs, we like to speculate what we think is going to happen next uh, in a segment that I you know, we've we've always called what's going to happen batch. Um, so this uh, this week's finale ended with an interesting cliffhanger. Uh, so let's talk about that in the closing scene. We see Nala say arrive at an Imperial facility where she's told that apparently the Empire has big things planned for her and her scientific talents. So my question for you beautiful batches is do you have any guesses for what this means and where we'll see everyone in season two of The Bad Batch? Brushstroke. Well, how many times you guys said there must be some sort of relation with Grogu? Right? Come on! Right? The patch? That hatch? On that the arm? The whole uniform. The uniform is, is the same. Literally the same <laughs> uniform as Dr. Pershing in The Mandalorian, yes. which is uh, yeah. so cool. So, mm-hmm. I was wondering though, is that the facility on Navarro that they end up in The Mandalorian? Because it looked like where they had the shootout Whoa. in that episode. It totally does. So, <gasps> I never even made that connection. No. Well, just it kind of looked like it. I don't know. I I might be reaching for that, but like no, I I think you're right. Online, I I thought that was kind of interesting though, because a hundred percent when you saw the badge on the on the doctor that introduces herself, like. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Maybe that badge on her, maybe that's a bad badge, right? We all think oh, that, yeah. uh, <laughs> we all oh, wow. think that, you know, the person who rescued Grogu was a hero, but it could have totally been the Empire. It could have totally been a villain, or it could have been totally this group of scientists that are maybe a third party, you know, group that the Empire is bringing in to 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 bring back Palpatine. And I think, you know, so is, um, that, is, that, is that your theory now? Is that, yeah, because that, Ahsoka, that was a bad guy that went Ahsoka into the says, Ahsoka says that Grogu doesn't remember his rescue so why does it have to be 
a good character. It might not have been. It could be someone completely different. Um, and so I just think it would be really cool because if the next season well, is all about cloning, that's for sure. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. And and then the next season is all about cloning. It's just so funny that it took the an entire season for the Empire to be like, we're moving away from cloning. And then at the end, they're like, yeah, but we're secretly still doing cloning. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, that's what I'm wondering, because it could also tie into just, you know, the Emperor's backup plan. Like, it could just be the Empire getting ready for that thing, like we've already talked about in previous yep. episodes. So, yes, it's obviously Grogu's patch, but, like, what if that's just the, the facility that the ba- the Emperor set up in, for his backup plan? That's that's what I got from that. More what I wanted to talk about is something that I realized more just when we were talking at the end there. And that's the fact that AZ is going to be with the gang and has seen the gang since the beginning. <laughs> Let's go. So what I just realized that they said all the backup files were erased, yet AZ remembers everything. So what if AZ is the avenue that we learn more about the Bad Batch's past? Because okay. I think that would be an incredible way to make such a jokey character so integral to the story of these these you know, clones. I think that I think that would be my ideal way of exploring their back or history is through the eyes of AZ because he's so clinical and just. Yep. Always been there. I, I never thought of it until you mentioned the fact that he saw them at their inception, most likely, and is with them now at the end. So like I, that, to me, is a door waiting to be blown open, and I hope they <laughs> do eventually explore that in the next season. Yeah. I mean, Brushstroke, do you have anything else that you want to add for our final final prediction? I mean, I... I'm really horrible at predicting things. <laughs> I can never really tell where anything's going to go. And again, I'm still a fresh face when it comes to Star Wars. So I'm just excited to see these characters again. Hopefully a season two is a little more refined. Maybe they will listen to people and take a couple episodes out, make more of a snowball story in the second season, dive yeah. deeper into these characters and give us a little bit more to chew on. That's yeah. all I want. I'm 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 okay with I'm okay with filler. I'm okay with filler if it means it's filler centered around Wrecker or it's filler mm. centered around tech and and an adventure that he has that really like we get to see him like lose it or something like that. Sure. Like I'd love to see him get <laughs> sure. really mad. But but like I was saying, like one of the best episodes I think from this season is the Cad Bane and Fennec Shan oh. showdown. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like sure. it was mm-hmm. such a good episode and they weren't even involved in it, right? Like that <laughs> that to me shows really good filler. It's still taking place and mm-hmm. they're still somehow connected to the Bad Batch, but it, it didn't have to involve them. Right? Like yep. to me that was how they should handle filler. And if that's an experiment to say oh well we could do these offshoot stories sure I'm imagining they're going to pull data about you know what's the audience range right that that of people yeah. that might be yeah. watching this show do you know what I mean because I think Clone Wars was tailored to a very specific audience of an existing oh, yeah. fan base like it was purely that had, for that had the grown fans. up since the original exactly. airing of the show so so yeah. who who knows what if if what we were discussing in regards to like them experimenting with these with these this yeah. 16 episode series to see it's that's that's fair to say so hopefully though Megan you, you, like you said we get something more refined in season 2 that's just has more focus and and more of that snowball where it's like this is leading to something yeah and i'm calling it i'm calling it right now omega's gonna make a new young friend uh not gonna be a love interest but a new young friend who's a boy and his name is pershing i'm just (laughs) saying we are gonna get a little young little dr pershing running around that facility and i totally can see him having some sort of connection to you know cloning and to obviously his his experiments with cloning but i do think like 
to the point of seeing Nala say earlier in the season and how how much she cares about these clones, how much she treats them like they're they're her kids because a lot of them at the time when we're seeing her treat them, they are, they are kids. Um, And so maybe he, maybe he learns from her, right? Maybe he learns about the aspect of like really treating these, these experiments as people compassion uh, because because they are compassion. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering though too, if it's more likely we'll see like his father, Pershing's father, Mm -hmm. someone that's, that's of association. Cause I, I think that the, do you think the timeline still doesn't work? I don't think so. I think it's too I far. Don't know. Young, like, no, you could have a young Parshing because it's again at this point we're only around like nineteen years before New Hope. So if you look yeah. at, at the time of Mandalorian, which is seven years after the end of Jedi, you're only looking at about thirty-one years. So a young Parshing oh, yeah. could still be yeah. running around, scampering be thirty-five, thirty-six. In the Mandalorian. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, you know, he might be look young for his age, Justin. <laughs> yeah, he looks fairly young for his age, though. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I just, but I, I, I just I think, think that that's possible. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that like that'd be too overt of a connection. I mean, yeah. we understand that a character <laughs> exists. I don't know if anyone wants to know that character's backstory. I like, do. <laughs> for sure, no. You're, you're I, not I, the majority. I, I want to know. <laughs> but see, my my thing is though is that like we saw those characters in Navarro at the facility, right? We saw them with the patches that matched. Dr. Pershing. So there, there's mm-hmm. a, like there's there's a whole secret division within the Empire that's doing this. That's yeah. the intrigue oh, yeah. for me, at least. If 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 Pershing's in it or not, uh, who knows if his character is going to be more integral? So there is a connection that they are trying to connect between what's going on here and what we've seen in the Mandalorian. I don't know, man. It just seems like such a felony thing to do. Like, like I don't know. His name's like Tommy Pershing or something. Like little Tommy, little Tommy, get away from the tube. Anyways, uh, oh let's let's, <laughs> let's 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 get to our wrap up here, Megan. Before we wrap up, is there anything for the last time, the final time? No, you'll be back on the on the podcast for sure. But is there anything so. that you would like to plug to let our troopers listening, uh, you know, to let them know where to find you and your fantastic work? Yes, absolutely. So you can find my artwork on Instagram at MeganClara.Draws. I am also one of many video dames. Uh, We are a female-led podcast in regards to film, television, and games. Um, We are connected with It's Your Girl Alyssa on Twitch, where we record our live podcast. So you can watch us record while we're um, talking about pretty much anything and everything it seems to all be marvel as of late um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah those are those are the places you can find me yeah speaking of marvel i loved your uh your your peggy Car- i should say captain carter yeah. illustration oh thank uh, you it was fantastic i love how every time i liked it a little heart came out of her lips it was very <gasps> and i didn't very plan cute. that i mean didn't i did pl- plan that oh you did oh yeah of course <laughs> if any of our listeners are uh listening and want to see megan's geeky uh, and overall beautiful illustrations. Uh, they can do so using the links. Make sure to check out Video Dames and the podcast um, to, to hear more from, from the rest of Megan and uh, her crew. Um, all right, well, that's it for the 16th and final episode of our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1. We hope you... Oh, oh, no. oh my gosh. It, no, it worked. It worked, yes. Uh, Omega, it, hang on. Omega, is that you? Uh, hi there. Oh, how, how Omega? It's, it's so nice to hear from you. I was so worried about you. How are how are you doing after everything that just happened? Oh, you know, thank you again for having me. I'm I'm so happy to be here. But you know, I was terrified. I don't think I've ever been so scared for my own life. But not only mine, Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, and Echo. Yeah. Az was a huge help, though. I'm so happy he's with us now. 
Oh my gosh, we were we couldn't stop talking about AZ. We we love him. Um, we're so glad that we're so glad that he survived. Um, Omega, did you did you hear from Crosshair at all? Have you heard from Crosshair? Is he is he doing okay? You know, Crosshair thinks very differently than we do. Yeah. But I I do hope to see him again. Yeah, I yep. mean he he is he's your family after all, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Oh oh, sorry. Um. I've got to what? go. I oh. beat Wrecker in a game of Dejarek, and he promised me a whole cap tono of Mentel mix. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, well enjoy. Uh, Thank that's you. awesome. What? All right. Uh, Goodbye. Oh my gosh. Okay. Bye. Wow. 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 Oh, and she's so gone. Cool. That's crazy. Omega. Oh, that was so incredible hearing from her again. What a way oh, to end the show. That was absolutely. I think it's a great. Yeah, I'm happy we heard from her. I, I definitely got her chain code now. So hopefully we'll hear from her in the future at some point. Um, all right. Well, again, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, listen, you don't have to rescue your brother from drowning inside your old house only to still have him be upset with you, but ultimately save your life after you try to save your friend who's a doctor. Instead, Justin, can you let the big Oisterous batches know where they can reach us by hollow message. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That was another big problem I had with the show is they used the announcer for the first episode. The first episode. <laughs> oh. We got Tom Kane once and not again. <laughs> I want to every episode Tom Kane. Oh. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest content released on Disney+. Plus. Out now, including our first episode for our, our now next Watch Club uh, for Marvel's What If. So what if you tuned into that? Our second episode is out uh, very soon. And uh, listen, while it's not Disney, you might also enjoy our review for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, where we share our spoiler-free and spoiler-filled thoughts. So please go give those a listen. Leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Darcy, Megan, or should I say edit, joints, and brushstroke. Thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, good soldiers, follow orders. orders.